You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is August 22nd, 2021. And on today's show, Max Raymond of Ditchert on Deck joins me to discuss the Nationals uh, series loss this weekend to the Milwaukee Brewers, but really positive performances to talk about, especially from Lane Thomas. We'll get to that and more on today's show. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining me tonight it is Max Raymond of District on Deck. We are talking about the Nationals and Brewers series, which we just saw over the course of the weekend. The Nationals lose two of the games, but were very competitive against a team in the Brewers that is in first place. Can be a t- uh, you know a team to deal with in the playoffs, obviously because they're pitching. If they can keep that pitching healthy, the Nats do avoid uh, two of the big arms in Peralta and Woodruff. Um, started things off well. We have to start on Friday night, Max. Is the best outing for Patrick Corbin this year that he had? Um, he ends up going six and a third with seven Ks, only one earned run on three hits, and it was a home run as the Nationals win four to one. Probably his best outing of the year, right? I agree. I mean, seven strikeouts against a not amazing, but it's a very potent offense that has people like Eduardo or they got Escobar, they got uh, Domus, who's playing like an MVP player. Mm-hmm. You got Yelich, who refound his swing in the second game. So they Lorenzo Cain, you know, they got some boppers in that lineup. So it's good to see Corbin be able to actually locate his pitches, including that fastball, because everyone knows he needs the fastball to set up his slider. So when the fastball is working well, he has a good night. And this is a great example. Yeah, we talked about this uh, last week on the podcast. I had Devin Fink from Fangraphs on, and he wrote a piece about Patrick Corbin, how he can improve. And really, you know, he said that that slider is, is a plus pitch. It remains to be. A plus pitch. The problem is fastballs, plural, you know, the, the variety that he throws them in have not been. They've been absolutely horrible this year. Teams are killing him, and he needs to be in the zone and effective in the zone with those fastballs, right? Getting himself ahead in the count, much like our new friend Josiah Gray. And uh, I thought he was really effective in this game. Yeah, he looked like the old Patrick Corbin. Here's the thing the hits were down, right? There's a lot of games where Patrick Corbin actually can pitch pretty well, but he will give up some hits, you know, get himself in some trouble. Nah, he was pretty hard to touch in this game. You save that one home run. He he did an excellent job, I thought. And then Davey did an excellent job of pulling him immediately and not letting what's happened the last two to three starts where he had a good start, immediately runs into trouble and tries to let him finish it and can't. So this was great on Danny to uh, Davey to have a really short hook, and it worked well, and they were actually able to hold on to the win. Yeah, and a couple other guys you know who had uh, pretty good weekends, Lane Thomas – Started off really well. He was two for four on uh, on this night, and he drove in two runs. Josh Bell goes uh, one for three and drives in a run as well. The Nationals' offense was not great, but it paced them. And, you know, I've been talking about this a lot. Sure, it's nice to get wins, right? You always want to see wins. But uh, the actual individual results and how guys are playing is really what matters because as this team moves forward, they're going to have to make a lot of decisions about which guys in this team and we assume that there probably won't be a lot of them who are going to be a part of the future. And Lane Thomas is going to have a chance to be part of the future because, number one, he's got a lot of control time left, right? It's just that's the nature of it. He's got he's 25 years old. 
team control this year, arbitration next few years after that. Um, and he's a guy who's got that, you know, you and I have talked about this, said a million times, the fresh start vibe, right? Fresh starts do some guys a world of good. And he had an excellent series and he started off like this. And it's a guy that in that outfield, think about it, you know, Andrew Stevenson, Gerardo Parra, Yadiel Hernandez, uh, Victor Robles. You know, there's not a lot of, of guys distinguishing themselves outside of Juan Soto in that outfield, right? And that third spot, you know, is very much up for grabs. And so is that fourth spot, right? It's not always about being in the top three guys. You can be one of those four outfielders. And Lane Thomas definitely is going to have a chance to be as he moves forward. You can be really effective. But what do you think about the start that Lane Thomas has gotten himself off to as a national? Against the Brewers, he went seven for 11 with uh, multiple runs scored, multiple RBIs, stone base. I believe he also had an additional three to four walks. So he's just been everywhere. And he's been flashing his glove. He had a really nice play in the outfield. He's speedy. Everything that they need in a leadoff player, everything they need in a center fielder if Robles is uh, – because is, he's under the weather right now. So he's been the perfect. Um, we talked about before, change of scenery. Uh, thank you very much, John Lester. I cannot yeah. believe that we were able to get anything like this for him. Graham, when we acquired him, he was sitting 101. But that just goes to show how important change of scenery could be for some players. He only had three AAA games, I believe, before they just pulled him up, and it shows why. he His numbers are being held down because of his time with the Cardinals, where he went 5 for 48. But with the Nats, he's just been a spark plug that we haven't seen since Trey Turner. And that is very important because Trey Turner was able to help them through like the 2012, or, like the 2010 era, like at the top of the lineup. You need a guy to replace him for your next type of uh, window. And he could be the perfect guy. So now we'll see if this is another Akil Badu thing uh, from the Tigers. Sorry for pronounce it. Where he started off really hot and then like fell down. Or not fell down. Uh, like slow down. Or mm-hmm. if this is like an actual building block for the future. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero. You know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head matchup. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash L O C K E D O N right now. Sign up for free and a chance to get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com. Once again, stathero.com slash locked on. Well, and I think with the consistent playing time now, you know, he's showing that, you know, he's, and look, it's very early on. It's been a total of uh, this is his fifth appearance today, and it makes him now nine for fifteen uh, in total. And he's getting on base a lot more. He's walking right. He, he's he's finding ways to get on base, and that's great because you know they they hit him lead off today, right? And uh, sometimes hitting lead off is not always about you know it's not about average, right? This is about on base. Now for guys like Trey Turner, who was you know for a long time a lead off guy, when you're just hitting for that that high of an average, right, and you walk a little bit, you're, you're on base enough. For him, though, he's you know that that's going to be the key for him. I'm not. I don't think anybody thinks Lane Thomas is going to hit you know uh, 400, you know, or even 300 all the time. But if he becomes a more consistent guy and puts together quality at bats, and he's going to have a lot of chances to right. I mean, uh, to me, you know, this guy and also Andrew Stevenson too. I actually didn't. We'll get that in a second. But um, 
I want him to get reps. And actually, let's get to the Andrew Stevenson thing. They sent him down, which I didn't love. And I forgot who on Twitter made this point. But um, that's a guy who – another one of those guys who needs to keep getting reps because you got to figure out if you want to play him or not in the future. I, I would I would like to have Stevenson on the roster as opposed to Gerardo Parra. I know they're short on veterans. And I know veteran presence is really important, especially the young team that is not winning a lot and veteran presence that has won championships. But there are still a lot of, there are still a lot of guys remaining on this team or just enough guys remaining on this team that you can get some of that um, that veteran leadership, that veteran experience. And so I, I don't know if I love necessarily um, moving Andrew Stevenson down because they got to figure out the outfield is is such a huge question mark for them, and they have to figure it out. So I'm not a huge fan of them sending. Stevenson down because I think like Lane Thomas, they need to keep getting him reps. I agree with you. Um, I think them sending him down may or may not be them showing their hand that they might be tired of him and that they might be looking elsewhere come next season. He, I love or hate the idea, but that I agree with you. Um, you need to give him reps for the rest of the season. That's what this type of season's about. And uh, but they're not doing that. They're sending him down. Can't and to me, it just feels like they're just giving up. Yeah, they, it, it. You know, that's that's the thing is that last year we talked about this with Carter Keeboom, right? Like it felt like. For a period of time, they were just giving up on him, and that's not the way to do it, especially when you're this bad. It's all about getting those young guys' repetitions. I, I know you want to have players like Parr there. I know you know the veteran Yadiel Hernandez is like, I mean, he's you know he is younger in quotes uh, because of his time in the major leagues, but it's also an older player. So I, I want to see all those guys get time, and I, I want to see who differentiates themselves. I want to see who really stands out in those situations. But Nats that won that one uh, four to one. The next game was nine to six. The pitching was not particularly good in this game. Uh, the offense was pretty good, but the the problem was the Brewers' offense was a lot better than the Nationals. The pitching for the Nats, uh, basically, you know, they they had a, a difficult time with a lot of guys who were involved. Paulo Espino, four and a third, you know, gave up three runs. All of them earned actually had six Ks, and that's not a great effort, but. You know, once again, this is not a guy who is a starting pitcher, right? This is not his function. And then Klobositz came in and gave up a run, too. Uh, additionally, Ryan Harper was strong. He bounced back. So, you know, he had a bad performance the other day. Machado gave him two-thirds of an inning. Javi Guerra got rocked, and that's really where I want to go here because Javi Guerra was DFA'd, and Maxis was a guy who was part of a pen that did help win a championship back in 2019. Not only that, he made 40 appearances, uh, and a guy – that in his time, you know, in 2019, not great, you know, 4.86 ERA, but did contribute to a championship team in 53 innings. But uh, ever since then, man, it's been such struggle for him in the 20 appearances he's made, and uh, they can't justify having him around anymore. Even on an injured bullpen, or injured, but a depleted bullpen as it is, Javi is still just not not delivering enough. That's one of Davey Martinez's guys, as we saw there in 2019. They cut him, they brought him back. He got the ring. He was on the 2020 team, I believe. He came back again. Like, that's always been Davey's guy. I've never been a great believer in Javi Guerra. Even in 2019, whenever he was on the mound, I would hold my breath. I'd be terrified when he'd come out. And he would show it in the playoffs. He would show it in the regular season. Uh, I'm actually surprised that the RA was under a five because it felt like it was way higher watching the amount of times he would give up. Mm-hmm. Love the guy. Great dude. Just – he just doesn't have 
it that much anymore. And maybe a change of scenery for him lets him rediscover something that was there a few years ago. But like the way the Nats are going, and even though they're rebuilding and stuff, they still can't be like blown stuff like this because right. you want them to have as much confidence as possible, right? So mm-hmm. even though you're not going to win as much, losing a game that you should win hurts the young guy's confidence, and then it doesn't help someone like Juan Soto be happy about his current situation. And having veteran bullpen players like that, you cannot have them giving up four or five runs. Yeah, so and for I, him, you know, him at 35 too, right? I mean, it's yeah. you hope maybe somewhere else he can find it, but uh, it's not really happening for him. Nats go two for nine and with running scoring position and leave 11 guys on base. It's a big story. The Brewers, um, they go three for seven. And I know it's you know it sounds like a little bit different, but you know three for seven is better than two for nine, and they were just a better bit better in those situational moments. But the Nats top of the order was really what uh, showed out in this game. Thomas Escobar and Soto all grab at least two hits. Lane Thomas uh, goes two for three with two walks too. So that, that just shows you the on base part of things, and it's weird to see. So funny because in no way, shape, or form is Alcides Escobar Trey Turner, but he's taken that Trey role. He used to hit first. Now he's hitting second, and he's a shortstop who plays every single day. So it's funny to see Alcides Escobar kind of be used. At, you know, he's had the same basically path as Trey. Plays shortstop, was hitting first, now is hitting in that two-hole. Um, and once again, I think we have to applaud him for coming off the street and putting in a, a, just a solid performance for a team that needs it and really does need him every single day. Um, and he's he's not good enough protection for Juan. I understand that. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, he's just not, but he's doing the best that he can in the spot that he's been put in and for him making the most of this opportunity. He won't be on the team next year and he shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but he's definitely proven that he could belongs on a roster next year on a different team. We're just not in the right position for him. And this was a great addition for him. He's hitting 265 or, uh, sorry, he's hitting, uh, 263. Has some hits in the series. He's been solid, not great with the glove, you know. A good player that maybe you don't want him to start, but great bench piece. Good Mm -hmm. pinch hitter to come off in a crucial situation. He uh, needs some defensive replacement. You throw him in there. So, yeah, I would love to see him, like, on a team like the Tigers, like someone in that type of, like, uh, rebuilding process that are close but not yet there. They just need a placeholder. I think he would be a really good job for a team like that. Yeah, and a veteran guy who can have an effect on the younger guys. You know, I was just talking about it a second ago, but he is another one of those guys, World Series champion, right? You know, mm-hmm. World Series champion with with the uh, with Kansas City Royals. So he's got that championship experience. The thing I want to talk about because Yadiel Hernandez goes deep last night. He's had an excellent, excellent month of August. Um, not counting to today's numbers because ESPN is dumb and doesn't factor them in yet. He he's hit three thirty nine in the month of uh in the month of august and that is in 56 at bats not counting today once again 406 on base 978 ops he has uh he has hit four homers he has driven in nine runs and for him you know once again is he a winning player no but this that's a guy a winning player excuse me like an everyday winning player right maybe not consider that but also it's a guy's gonna have a chance to play maybe every day yeah this is this is something that Dave Martinez has said. He is not ruling out Yadiel Hernandez to start in left field next year, and neither should he. And it's one of those guys who came over from the Cuban League uh, later on, 33 years old, still technically, like I guess, you know, a rookie with that, and has given them uh, a a good, you know, some really good help. Not a big guy, five nine, one eighty five, but he can really, really square up baseballs. And for him to add, you know, to show something in this, in this, and and definitely throw his name in the mix. 
for that outfield rotation next year. I love watching him hit. I think he's really fun to watch. I like the way he can go opposite field, kind of like Juan Soto does. So I've I've actually had some, you know, it's been a pleasurable experience. I know the Nats have not been in general, but he's a player I've been watching and thinking, wow, it's it's fun to actually watch him hit. You love watching the bats. I was there for that walk off home run that he hit against the Cubs. You know, he's got that kind of potential, that kind of ability to to really give you a boost. And look, I think also too, if they wanted to flip him at some point in time, if he can hit anything like this next year, the Nats could get a really decent haul for a player like that because he could definitely help somebody off the bench who's trying to contend. I'm a big Yachty fan. I'm just interested to see where he'll slide in next year. I don't know if he'll start because of a guy we talked about earlier in Lane Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can play center, but do you really want to give up on Robles yet? No, you need that glove. So you move Thomas to the left. No one's touching Soto and right. And then you roll out the Robles, Soto, uh, Thomas, which is a good, not great de- uh, defensive outfield. And then it comes down to, as we were talking about earlier, it sounds like Stevenson's on the way out. Well, like if he's not on the way out, that's another outfielder. And you can't really justify having five outfielders on a roster. That's just like too crowded. Unless you just, one of their bats is just too good. You can't give up on, but that's not the case in this situation. So I do think that uh, next year Yachty enters as the fourth outfielder and Stevenson will be the man out. But Yachty has proven it. That Cubs game was amazing. He was going back and forth mm-hmm. with, um, I want to say his name was Ortega, right? It was, yeah, Rafael, or Rafael Ortega. Yeah, they were going back and forth. Whatever you can do, I can do better. And then not just then. like He's hitting two, 299 on the season. I get batting average isn't as important anymore, but he gets on base. Everyone yeah. needs guys that can get on base. And this dude gets on base, and that's something you need moving forward. He's just a good hitter. Like he has just been, or you know, he's just been a a really good hitter for them. And uh, that's it's kind of point blank. That's it. Let's move on to the the, the game today, seven to three win. And this was Sean Nolan pitching, and, and he really just had tr- struggled with command. A lot of the Nats pitchers did. Um, look, this, Sean Nolan's not supposed to be a guy who's starting in the major leagues. It's just as it's that simple. Uh, the guy's thirty one years old. You know, he's he's bounced around some in the Nats are pitching him out of necessity. And in this game, he really struggled. Four innings, six hits, three runs, three walks, five Ks. And so that's the problem. 81 pitches and just four innings. He struggled a lot. The Nationals tried to provide some offense early for him and help him out. Uh, they were able to score a run off of a really dumb decision on a throwdown on first and third. But uh, Colton Wong really killed the Nats today. He homered in at a triple uh, and had a great day. The Nats falling 7-3. But to me – Max, not sure how you feel. I think it just comes down to, hey, this is a guy in Sean Nolan that's not supposed to be in the major league, and the problem is the Nats have a few of those guys right now that they're trotting out there. Feels like they have more than a few. Yeah. And um, that's the problem. But Nolan, I mean, you can't really bash him for the walks because, as we said, everyone had a walk problem. We issued 11 free bat passes today. That's disgusting. Yeah, Nolan only made up for it because he had five strikeouts, which is not terrible, especially for a guy that hasn't been in the pros, what, three, four seasons? I think it was 2019, maybe a little bit before that. And so, yeah, this guy still fine for nerves, still trying to make the adjustment from AAA to the pros, still trying to readjust the fact that he made it back and he knows he needs to be decent to stick so a lot's going through his mind in this type of situation. I'm not making any excuses for him because you don't want anyone to give up four run, three, four runs in uh, 
through only four innings, that that's not going to help you. But he's been admirable bearing the circumstances. One more pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com right now. They've got coconut, cherry bar chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, uh, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are all the flavors available right now. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calorie ranges from 130 to 180 and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Go to built.com, use the promo code uh, LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at builtbar.com or built.com, whichever way, both of those will take you there. Once again, promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's football season once again, and they've got online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website on your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus as well. So much going on there, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, racing, boxing, hockey, anything you want to bet on, they've got it there at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they're your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going out there just eating innings for them. Uh, I want to get to Juan Soto, and we knew this was going to happen, but the the on-base percentage, this is not me knocking him. Um, this month, he's at 357 with a 588 on base. I, once again, I, I'm not knocking him at all, but we knew this was going to happen because teams just don't have to worry about anybody else in the lineup. I know Josh Bell's there, and he's not been bad. I talked about Yadiel Hernandez, and these guys come in spurts. But nobody's been consistently good, and we knew it was going to happen. We saw it today. Juan Soto got walked to load the bases, and there really wasn't much of a competitive bat because teams are not looking to you know they, they, they can put him on in so many situations. Um, excellent month for him. 588 on bases. Nuts. He's, he's, he's walked 24 times this month. Uh, and then he's been hit once, so 25 total. You know, he's, he's gotten on base via a either hit, being hit or walking. We knew this was coming. Um, it's just like this is the upper round limit of like what can happen, right? Like this is if Juan Soto was the most, you know, and he, I, I love the fact that he doesn't change his approach, right? Juan is not going to just start swinging for the fences and trying to take chances on pitches um, and not see as many pitches just because the team got worse. I like that because once the team gets better again, they build around him. They, you know, th- this is the approach that's going to help them win. So I-, I like the fact that he's not changing his approach, despite the fact the team around him has changed. I agree, and um, nor should he change his approach, despite everything going on. It's worked for him. Why change something that's not broken? But Nats fans continue to expect this all this season, and depending on what moves they make next year, expect the same thing. Tons of walks. And the only way he'll get good pitches is if we can get guys on. Like the other day, we had that homer in the first inning. It only happened because um, Escobar and Robles were both able to get on. And they had the pitch to So that's something that I want to see moving forward. I kind of want to move the lineup a bit. Maybe put Keyboom and Garcia or Adams, any of those guys in front of Soto, right, instead of Escobar. He's been good, 
but you're not really trying to see what Escobar can do. You want to see what the other guys can do. See if the other guys can get on base consistently for Soto. See if they can set him up to get him pitches. Maybe something like that. Like keep Maybe you hit one first, right? Because he's getting on base so much. He might as, right? And, and see, I actually, that might be a bad idea. Think about Max, you know, maybe see what some of the other guys can do when they've got guys on base. You know, mm-hmm. I actually th- might think Keyboom. I think you talked about it. Maybe move Carter Keyboom up in the order. I think, my, you know, it might be time for him to, to to put a bit more pressure on him and see what happens because obviously the year didn't start off very well for him, but this has been an awesome month hitting yeah, 286. shot tonight. Right? Today. Yeah, and, and he's starting to hit a lot better. And also he's, you know, he's hit with some power too. And I know it's not a lot, but, he, you know, he's hit three homers. 63 at bats this month. So he's um he's starting to generate a little a little bit of power and I think he's been a good all-around hitter. So maybe you hit, you know, uh, you know, Alcides two and, and Key Boom three and Bell four or something along those lines. You know, maybe you put one in the one spot to get guys on base to see what other guys can do in that situation. I don't know, but I think that his his being on base that much could present other people's gains and give them opportunities to see what they've got in those situations. Yeah, I agree. Also, it's be interested. Say if you do lead off Soto every time, and they like to walk him, but do you always want to walk the leadoff guy regardless mm-hmm. if the lineup behind him isn't as potent? Like, it's not good to always have a game start one on, no out. They're going to have to pitch to him eventually. Kind of look at what they do with Acuna. Granted, Acuna has a lot better of a supporting cast right now, Freeman and Ozzy Aubies and guys like that, but. Maybe Lane Thomas isn't just a flash in the pan. Maybe he is a legit number two hitter. Put him two. Maybe Cabin finally comes into his power, becomes a 20-25 homer guy. Then you got a three hitter. Then you got a lineup that can actually get on base, set each other up. So I agree with you. I'd like to see them move up the young guys in the lineup, mess around with Soto in a little bit, maybe protect them, go in front of them, behind them, and see how they deal with runners on or getting good pitches to see, stuff like that. Yeah, because they were one for nine again today with runners in scoring position. So you know, I, I think – just putting the same lineup out there every single day, probably you know, because this this team actually since the trades they, they've showed some moments where they can have some offensive uh, juice going, but the problem is they lack consistency. So I know that the goal is not to create a winning version of this current team, but I do think there's a way to construct the lineup to get mm-hmm. things going in a you know more a direction that can kind of tell us a few more things about the guys who are in the lineup uh, right now. All right, Max, that will do it for us today. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and your work. Check us out, Dish on Deck. We like to talk about the Nats, tweet about them, read our blogs. Check me out, Maximum Raymond on Twitter. Love to talk about the Nats and anything DC sports. Once again, dude, thanks for having me back. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. It's down right now. For some reason, Twitter has been taking off accounts, uh, and we're not sure why, but they've taken off the Locked On Nationals account. So um, we're figuring out how to get that back up and running. But for right now, you can follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. Go and give at LO underscore Nationals a follow as well because Locked On National Twitter account will be back up and running here pretty soon too. So go check that out uh, as well. And as always, my friends, until next time, stay safe.